to our second episode of the Social Work Mastermind podcast. I am one of the hosts, Julia. I'm here with Rebecca and Chelsea. Um, And we just wanted to come back on and reintroduce the podcast for those who are listening for the first time. Highly recommend going back to the first episode and getting a glimpse of what we're going to be talking about. But we basically are going to talk about mental health, um, destigmatizing mental health, talking about our own personal stories with mental health and our own struggles, um, but also giving people tools to walk away with. So we're really hoping that it's very informative, um, but also very fun and genuine. But I will say for those who tuned in the first episode and I really struggled with where my grandmother worked, I found out she was the director of adoption for, now I'm going to forget, <laughs> Catholic <laughs> Catholic Family Centers, which is run by Catholic Charities. So I'm happy I figured that out. Thanks, Mom, for letting me know. Um, but just a little disclaimer, um, we are going to talk about some heavy things throughout our podcast. Uh, we are always here for people, but we always hope that you have tools in your toolbox after they are done. So welcome back. I can edit it, so I'll flip it out. <laughs> so, my week. <laughs> I can't. Ooh. Okay. Podcast faced. Mm-hmm. And go. And so, this weekend, I guess, um, was pretty relaxing, actually. I was actually able to get together with some of my fellow therapists that I used to work with at a hospital system. Oh, nice. Um, so that was really nice to, like, kind of catch up and, you know, swap old uh, battle stories <laughs> from working together. And mm-hmm. it was just, it's always really nice to catch up with, like, old coworkers, especially people who understand what you went through in that moment mm-hmm. or yeah. when working at a certain place. Because then you kind of realize, like, I'm not the only one that struggled with, Mm -hmm, you know, with whatever was going on. Um, But yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Had a baby shower and... um, Same! (laughs) Wow! It was a weekend for babies. (laughs) Not people having babies, like their baby showers. Yes. And then I was supposed to have a bowling tournament for my best friend's dad in honor of him. Um, But it got canceled because we lost power. The wind Mm. was wild yes. today yeah. mm-hmm. it was bad i was our recycling can like blew over earlier and of course everything's all over the lawn yep so i really hope there's footage of me like scooping all of the recycling <laughs> back in the <laughs> recycling can because the, it was just an ass mm-hmm. chasing after all the cans yeah i was like oh <laughs> yeah. boy I have oh, a bunch wow. of old trees at my house. And oh, so no. I have many, many branches in my yard. At least just... it's just branches. Yes. Yeah. Everything else is so, totally fine. Not full trees. Yes. yes. So that's Everything good. It's yes. all good. Uh, nice. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much my weekend. And now I'm here with these amazing ladies. Woo. Woo-woo. Uh, we went to a Savers game on Friday night. Oh, nice. So I did it for Mark's birthday. He just turned 30 on sun- last Sunday. So we did a Sabres game, which was a lot of fun. Now I'm, like, full-blown hockey fan. I'm, like, I was, like, I wasn't sure how I was going to like it. I've seen hockey games before. Mm-hmm. I haven't really been into it. But then I was sitting in the arena, and I was, like, oh, my gosh, this is so intense. It I is. loved it. I was, like, Did you wow. see a fight? I, we saw a couple, and I was, like, wow, this is, like. When I'm, the gloves, I love when the gloves yeah, come off. People are, like, <laughs> banging on the glass. I'm, like, oh, my gosh, this mm-hmm. is intense. Um, but I was 
really into the hockey game, so I hope in the future my kids play hockey so that I can be the hockey mom that mm-hmm. I am now dreaming of after one Sabres experience. <laughs> um, and then yesterday we had a competition. Uh, for those who don't know, I coach Winter Guard at a local high school, um, so we had a competition. They came in first. I'm very proud of my girls. Um, nice. They came in first by three points, so it was a big, wow. big thing for them. Wow. Um, we have a couple more weekends left, and then the season will be over. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be on to field band. So nice. super exciting stuff. And now I'm here. So for those of us that are not as well-versed, what is Winter Guard? Yes. So <laughs> Winter Guard, the easiest way to explain it are the people that throw the flags, rifles, and sabers, um, but indoors. Mm-hmm. So we have a giant floor and a gym, um, and we have music. So the music for us is very lyrical this year. And then we mm-hmm. basically create a story through the use of flags and rifles, sabers, and dance. Um, so it's a lot of fun. I did it my entire high school career and it was amazing. And now the opportunity to coach has been a lot of fun because it's also self care mm-hmm. after like a long day, I go to practice twice a week and then Saturdays I'm with them all day for competitions. And I, I absolutely love it. So nice. that's pretty, that's just of it. It's the easiest way is the flag people. Cool. That's it. What about you? Um, it was a pretty like low key weekend for me. I went to my parents' house all day yesterday because as anyone that, remotely knows me and I was a huge Duke basketball fan <laughs> and it was coach K's last game so uh we made it into a big deal that's why tickets were so expensive because oh, everyone wanted that to see makes it yeah. Sense. Yes, yes so I don't want to talk about the final score but um <laughs> the day itself was fun with my parents and then I just kind of hung out at my house today because allergies with this oh, weather yeah, my yeah. allergies were like going crazy so I just hung out and laid low a little bit did some laundry and now I'm here Nice. nice. Yeah. I did also have a baby shower. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I the planned for a baby shower. shower. And it was fun. Oh, you planned. Mm-hmm. It was a weekend friends. for baby showers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, not for babies. Just baby just showers. Just the showers. Just yeah. showers. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Getting ready for the babies. Yes. Yep. Getting ready for the babes. Exactly. Can't wait. Super excited. Just as a little disclaimer, um, this next section, we're going to be talking about what burnout looks like. And that's going to include our own personal stories. Um, these stories might be triggering for some of you as they do deal with some pretty heavy topics. So if you are struggling right now and don't think that hearing our burnout stories would be beneficial for your well-being, you can skip to about 30 minutes past this point, And that's when we will be talking about um, ways to address burnout and the tools that you can utilize. Okay, so the topic that we're going to explore today is the idea of burnout, which I'm sure everyone has heard that word a ton, specifically in the last two years with the pandemic, but I think it's still a super important topic, and even though we kind of throw the word around a lot, there's a lot of people that don't fully understand what burnout truly is, and so we really wanted to take the time and talk through what it actually looks like. Um how we can support each other through it and then talk about our own personal stories with it just to kind of validate that burnout is real. It's tough, but there are things that we can do to get through it. Um, So we were able to look at an article that Julia found for us. So I'm going to read from it what the um, definition of burnout is. And it says, burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. So when we think about that definition, it feels like 
every single day of the last two years, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the reality is we probably all have been facing burnout mm-hmm. for that long mm-hmm. because we've had this just intense traumatic situation that's been happening Mm -hmm. for the entire two years that we've been Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. um and so to recognize that it's real and it's happening is super important um so I know that in the school that I'm working in we've had a lot of discussions around like toxic stress and burnout and how do we support our staff and it's started to get to a point where people are saying that they're burned out all the time. And some of our leaders have even gone as far to, as to say, do they even understand what burnout is? Are they just stressed and they're saying it's burnout? And so being able to really dig into what burnout specifically looks like is going to be super important for us as mm-hmm. um, specifically as the social workers and mental health supports within our buildings and just for our staff in general. Yeah. And I think it's also important to know like burnout doesn't have to just be at work. Um, when mm-hmm. I used to work at the facility from an internship, we talked a lot about caregiver burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that is another burnout that I don't think a lot of people know about until they're really in it. And I think mm-hmm. same with burnout, like you don't know what it is or feels like until you're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember thinking about caregiver burnout and like how I could support families at that time with that. Um, and obviously that's a whole different ball game, but just the constant stress and, thinking about your loved one that is maybe sick or not able to do certain duties like function wise, things like that, um, can bring a lot of stress because you're thinking not only about your stuff that you're carrying, but like that other person's stuff and what they're carrying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that I think that comes along with just general burnout. Like, yeah, it's a big, it's a big scary word. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. think about burnout, cause then I think about like the candles like done. Yeah. But you can always like reflame that fire, I guess, mm-hmm. kind yeah. of thing. Um, and it's just a matter of being able to identify for yourself what it could look like and mm-hmm. how you can help yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely think it's it's a normal thing that happens mm-hmm. all the time. Like, yeah. And I don't think we talk about it enough. Mm-hmm. And recognize that it doesn't make you weak, right? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. that you're not doing a good job because I think that's where a lot of people – may struggle with admitting that mm-hmm. they ha- that they're burning out mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, well, that means I'm not doing my job correctly or they're worried about getting in trouble, you know, in trouble or something among those lines because I think there is that stigma, oh, if I ask for help, that makes me look weak or mm-hmm. that I can't do my job. And that's totally not true. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, so I think it's also recognizing that it is okay and it is normal and you mm-hmm. should be asking for help or asking for that support. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a bigger conversation, too, because I think as a society in America, our, a lot of our, like, internal value comes from our ability to do our jobs and, like, mm-hmm. our career, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so if we are not doing it well or we are perceiving that we have, are burned out, it's like we are unable to... Um, I think Rebecca had a light bulb. I just had a light bulb, and I, like, couldn't keep my face, like, straight. I I was concerned something happened. The look on your face, Chelsea, right now, like, when Rebecca made that face, you probably thought there was, like, a ghost in the room. I swear my house is not haunted, but I think she just had a light bulb. I just had a light bulb, and I was like, oh, my God, sorry, Chelsea, I did not mean to distract you. That's totally okay. Well, I regained my thought. Go ahead and take over. Well, because you were just talking about how, like, in society right, that we're 
that our success and all that is based on like how much mm-hmm. we do at work or yeah. all of that stuff and like how much pressure we put on ourselves yeah. our, not only by ourselves but on top of other people mm-hmm. that we work for or whatever the case yeah. <laughs> we were literally just talking about Encanto the new Disney yes. movie uh-huh. and then there's the song where um, Louisa right yes. surface pressure yes was talking about you know her song is literally about that it's talking yeah. about how she puts so much pressure on herself and that it just keeps building 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 and soon she's just gonna like explode like if mm-hmm. you literally watch the movie and listen to the song like you'll just see that even though she's tired and she's already doing something, she'll continue to do more and more and more and pile on top of her. And yeah. in the spoiler in the <laughs> in the movie, she loses. You know, she they all lose the power because they lost sight mm-hmm. of why they have the powers mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So spoiler. Sorry if you've never seen Encanto. Uh, Great movie. Highly recommend. De- definitely recommend. We'll put a spoiler back at the beginning before yeah. we yes. send this out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I sorry when you were talking about that, my mind just was like, oh my god, that is though no, the song "Surface Pressure" is really good. It yes. literally was just describing yes. what you were talking about, so I apologize. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely true, and I think to be able to have that song in such a hugely popular movie, mm-hmm. it is helping bring to light these ideas that we have not been talking about as a society except maybe within the last five, ten years at most, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to know that any kid that you walk up to on the street is going to be able to talk to you about surface pressure, they might not understand it's burnout, mm-hmm. but it's going to help them to mm-hmm. understand it later and be more equipped to manage it when they get mm-hmm. older. So yeah. I think it's pretty cool. And honestly. also, like, the parents, right? Because, like, obviously parents always watch Disney movies with their kids, mm-hmm. and then a lot of things obviously go over kids' heads, but it doesn't go over the parents' heads. Yes. Right? So that's it's kind of, like, awesome, like, how sometimes I think Disney and, like, mm-hmm. Pixar movies and things like that kind of, like, actually almost, like, kind of, like, gear it towards adults, but in a yeah. kid way. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think about, like, the movie Encanto. I've seen it twice. It's fine. I'm probably gonna see it. Only twice? I've seen it like four times. (laughs) Listen, listen. I will watch it more, I promise. Um, But like Surface Pressure, I remember my kids that I coached, they were like, we wanna listen to the Surface Pressure song as they're like warming up for practice. And I'm like, why? It's such a sad song. Because it's like, it's so real. And like, Mm -hmm. like you said, like the kids love it because it is a good song, but they don't fully understand yet like, the weight of that song. Right. Now. Like, I think of it, and I relate to it because of the anxiety that she carries and all the pressure she puts mm-hmm. on herself. Like, I am. I sometimes feel like Louisa. Yes. yes. And then sometimes I feel like Mirabelle, where yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, I am carrying so much weight. Mm-hmm. And, like, my husband talks about it all the time. Like, you put so much pressure on yourself. You put so much pressure on yourself. And then I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, I really do. Yeah. And, like, it's not good. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I feel, like, super overwhelmed yeah. from things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's a really good point yeah. about surface pressure. Yeah, it's, like, your work, like, we, I think as a society, like, we put so much on our worth onto, like, what we can do for others. Yeah. Right? Like, our success. Yes. Like, I think our, like, I think about, like, the song and, she, like, her, she determines her worth on what she can do for other people. Right? Mm-hmm. right? And that's, Torture. A ton of yeah. like, pressure. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to determine your own worth is, like, how much you help people. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, it's, like, really crazy to, like, think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're getting real deep. Yeah. I mm-hmm. like it. 
I mean, my professor used to always say, don't put your super, or put your superhero cape away. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to worry mm-hmm. about yourself, too. Yeah. Yep. And that's, like, that's okay. I think sometimes people do give permission for themselves to think about themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think oftentimes, like you said, we always think about other people before ourselves. Right. And I think that's the nature of most of the staff that work in a school building, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, they are always putting their students and their other the other staff first mm-hmm. because that's, that's the personality type that... Mm-hmm is successful as like a teacher or a a paraprofessional or, you know, the support Mm -hmm. staff. So to give permission to take that step back and actually like check in on yourself is so important. We actually had a building leadership team meeting back in February and we're reading the book Onward by, I'm going to butcher her name, Elena Aguilar, I think is how you say it. And it's basically um, how to be a more responsive and supportive leader. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually presenting on a chapter about self-care. And one of the pieces was a story that she had from um, when she was coaching an administrator. He was getting like three hours of sleep a night. He was running ragged, staying at work all the time and just wasn't taking care of himself at all and was completely burned out but couldn't see it. And so her actual like assignment to him was you have to get eight hours of sleep a night, you have to exercise in a way that you appreciate, and you have to leave work on time. And Mm -hmm. she said, I will not coach you if you don't do these things. Mm. And by doing those, immediately he was able to see a difference and have a little bit more clarity, not feel like he was so detached from the work and just so exhausted that he couldn't do anything when he came home. And so he actually said, by you telling me these things it finally gave me permission to take care of myself and that's something that we mm-hmm. don't do as school staff um so when I was presenting I told the leaders around the table like this is this chapter is your permission like you have to do this too mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you need to send this along to the other teachers and staff that you work with because these last two years have been unbelievable and we need to be able to take that step back give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves so we can be the best we can be for our kids and the other staff Mm -hmm. Um, and it was it was a really powerful moment because I think a lot of the staff in the room don't give themselves permission Mm -hmm. and so um, I just thought it was a really cool opportunity to talk through um, burnout itself and so if you haven't read the book onward by elena aguilar i highly recommend it it's a really yeah. so one. i have this fun thing and this is like a side note is i love when people recommend books mm-hmm. i don't read <laughs> i like but you like when they recommend books <laughs> i like people recommend books i'm like i'm about to i'm gonna write this down mm-hmm. and i look and i buy it i don't read it <laughs> i don't i just so the baby shower that i was at today I want a basket. I was so excited. It was the books. only basket that I picked had two bucks. And my coworker was like, <laughs> it has bucks. I'm like, I know. They're like, you don't read. I'm like, maybe I will. I don't know. They look like great books. <laughs> so it was just funny. Like every time I'm in one of the book clubs at work right now and I love the book. And well, so hang on, hang on. I really like it. Okay. Um, but I've only read about, I can't remember how far along I am. Cause I've, with practices, I've missed the book club meetings. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been able to stay on top of it, but like I'm, I was reading that book and it was about trauma and it's mm-hmm. actually a really good book. Uh, it's called what happened to you by <gasps> Oprah, by Oprah. Yep. And so, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so, so good. Um, really good book. Highly recommend. I will recommend that book because I read most of it. 
Um, but I did read one book a while ago with my mom. It was called The Unwinding of a Miracle. Super sad. Very sad. Very good. Read the whole thing. But that's just my side note about books. So okay. we will recommend books. I will not because I've only read probably like two or three in my lifetime. Um, that's that's a disclaimer that I have. So. Okay. Well, time. with Onward, you can read like chunks and different chapters oh because they each chapter truly like there's a connecting theme throughout the whole book mm-hmm. but each chapter is truly uh beneficial on its own and nice. there's also a workbook that comes with oh, it cool. you have to buy it separately obviously but thankfully the district bought ours so nice. i don't know how much they were but the workbook also has some really cool um examples and worksheets and um, they even have like recipes in there. Ooh. It's mm. yeah, it's pretty cool. So mm. maybe, maybe, maybe I might write. I'm gonna write it down. Okay, <laughs> onward. <laughs> Bye. Got it. Perfect. That's not how you spell the name, but like it's close. You'll enough. know which. I know what yeah. I'm really looking yeah. for. Yeah. So I think the biggest next thing is um, what burnout can look like, mm-hmm. and I think it could look like a of different things yep. and it's not just one thing and it's also really important to know that I think in my mind it's a gradual process like I don't think yeah. it's going to happen like right away it's definitely a gradual buildup of things mm-hmm. um but I'm interested to hear what you guys think it could look like I don't know yeah I mean I can share a personal story about my own burnout um I think so I graduated from my master's program in 20. 20- 20, no, 2017, and um, immediately started working at an outpatient mental health clinic, and I didn't feel like I had the best supervision at that clinic, and so I was just pushed right into it with an 80-person caseload and just mm-hmm. had to go, right? And being my first legitimate... Wait, did you say 80? Yes. That's a lot. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. That was the average. Um so I I had weekly supervision, but I think honestly everyone at the clinic was burnt out already when I began mm-hmm. because they were on the verge of closing due to mm-hmm. financial instability. Um and that could be a whole other story. But so I didn't see or have any models of what effective work life balance looked like when mm-hmm. I started, I think. Um don't get, don't get me wrong, there were definitely people that could manage it better than others, but I think we were all in this state of just constant anxiety and mm-hmm. concern around what the clinic was going to look like and how much longer we would be open and what that meant for all of us, blah, blah, blah. So with starting immediately and having an 80-person caseload, I just didn't know how to be a therapist, I think, um, on my own because I had only been in internships before that. And everything just became work. I was going in early and I would stay until 8, 9 o'clock at night just because I wanted to make sure I was being effective for my clients and getting my notes done and, you know, prepping for the next sessions and understanding what certain diagnoses looked like because there were clients that I'd worked with that didn't, I'd never worked with that diagnosis before and just dove headfirst into work. And that meant I was maybe getting five hours of sleep on average Mm -hmm. and not seeing friends, not, I was just so singularly focused on work that everything else kind of fell away. And I was, whenever I would get home from work, I was just completely exhausted 
and I was living with my parents at the time and I didn't really talk to them or hang out with them. It was like, I came home, said hi, grabbed my dinner and went downstairs to bed. So for me, burnout happened almost immediately um, in this profession and it really didn't get better for me until I started looking at other positions because just the pressure that I was putting on myself within the clinic was super overwhelming and there were a lot of people that were trying to support me and telling me these things that I could do to manage the burnout but I was just like I'm a new clinician I need to make sure I'm putting everything into this so Mm -hmm. I can be successful and effective and um, when I finally left the clinic and came to this current position in the school I had a week off between jobs because it was February break Mm. and I went to Boston to visit my sister and it was like this this everything lifted and I was like what did I just do for the last three years it was just oh you were there for three years yeah oh wow it was it was wild and I I think I recognized it when I was in it but I was just so focused on well I have anxiety so I think this is just anxiety and Mm -hmm. I just have to push through it and it it clearly the anxiety exacerbated it, but it was definitely burnout and a constant state of toxic stress around the work environment that I was in, and I didn't realize it until I was legitimately out. Mm-hmm. So I think that being able to talk about it and not just once a year talk about it with our staff, but to be able to give like almost like every time report cards come around, right? Like throw out the signs of burnout, what it could look like, what we can do, I think is going to be super helpful for our staff because you don't really realize what it looks like when you're in it, Mm -hmm. when you're so singularly focused on whatever is actually causing the burnout. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Because I heard you say like you would go in and pretty much like you would eat your dinner and then go to to bed. So it sounds like you were sleeping a lot. Were there any other like Physical signs or oh, mental yeah, I was, signs. I was exhausted. I had that brain fog. I was not exercising. I was eating poorly. Everything that when you are like taking a step away and maybe looking at a case study, you're like, oh yeah, that's burnout, that's burnout. Like I, yeah. I checked all the boxes, <laughs> but I couldn't see it within myself. Yeah. So yeah, it, I, was, I was kind of a textbook case when looking at what burnout looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a whole new job and time away from any work at all. Mm-hmm. And just like a full on vacation to really recognize it. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about you, Julia? Um, I was trying to think of a time. <laughs> that sounds so bad. I mean, I am a person that carries a lot of anxiety in general, mm-hmm. and I put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. So, when I first started like my social work journey, I think globally I have been in a burnout phase. In and out. Mm-hmm. Um, being social workers are very taxing. Being teachers are very taxing. Being an administrator is very taxing. Literally any profession is very taxing. I think for me, um, a few years ago, back before my current position, I had a really, really difficult case. And it was when I was working with um, people who had dementia, like severe mm-hmm. dementia. They were at, like, the nursing home I was at was basically, like, their last home. Oh, like, so it's like this was very... Yes. Um, we had a couple of cases where we were connected to a hospital. So some cases, I remember a guy, very young guy had a stroke and unfortunately had dementia as part of that, um, as a result of his stroke. And I remember, I think being there every day 
at the same time doing a master's program, at the mm-hmm. same time doing another full-time job yeah. was really, really hard. Um, my supervisor was great, but at the same time, I had no idea what I was doing most of the time. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make connections with the uh, clients there and their families, but it's really hard because they're going through their own caregiver burnout, and then mm-hmm. I'm going through kind of like very similar burnout as mm-hmm. well. I was only there for a year, um, but I had recognized, like, some of the signs were, like, I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. Like, I came home, slept all the time. I mean, even in college, I probably was burned out, too, because it was very stressful, because I slept all the time. Um, I ate very poorly. Like, I didn't meal prep. I didn't exercise. (laughs) I didn't watch what I ate. I did not care. And then I noticed, too, like, while I was there, I just, like, was not in it. Like mentally disconnected like I wanted to be there so badly but like mm-hmm. I just could not bring myself to connect mm-hmm. with my physician and there were days where I like unfortunately had to give myself a mental health day because I was like I can't I cannot do this any longer um there were days where I came home and just cried because like mm-hmm. again like in those situations and any situation where you're very burned burned out you don't know what to do yeah and it's hard and like okay. at that time like I think I felt, too, more of the mental pieces, like, felt very alone and mm-hmm. didn't know, like, if anybody else was going through it. Um, but I remember, like, I think it was around that time I started going to therapy with my old therapist and really talking to her about, like, how do I handle this? And she kind of looked at me and was like, what do you mean? I'm like, how do I handle the ongoing stress mm-hmm. And how do I handle taking care of myself while also being stressed out at the same time, like Mm -hmm. every single day? Um, I was able to get through it by just like talking with someone. I talked to my mom. She's one of my biggest supporters. um, And she helped me out a lot as well. But I think talking about it and recognizing the exhaustion, the eating, the mental disconnection from a lot of things helps Mm -hmm. me realize like, oh, this is not... This is not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, though, it was only a year. So unlike you, like, it, it was a three-year position. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, only my internship, which was only my internship. But still, like, you can still feel that burnout no matter what. Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's wild how quick stress – there's good stress and then there's bad stress and yeah. how quick the stress can take over and just yeah. completely disconnect you from a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think one of the other pieces – when you were talking about like the day to day, we get so caught up in needing to support the people around us and like the people mm-hmm. that we're working with that it just becomes our day to day, right? Like, yeah, it's not like this isn't burnout anymore. This is just my Normal. job. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I think that was one of the reasons for me why it was a three year situation because yeah. that was just my day to day and mm-hmm. I didn't end up like getting the support that you were talking about Mm -hmm. with a therapist and you know opening up to your mom so I think that's a huge piece and I really appreciate that you were willing to share that because until we can recognize it within ourselves that we're dealing with burnout the people around us can only do and say so much for us right Mm -hmm. right Right. so that's a huge piece that I think a lot of us are not mentally capable of or um, ready yes exactly Mm -hmm. To, to face yeah. when we're in that state of burnout. Yeah, and I think um, what you said, like, to face that burnout, like, a lot of us don't want to face that there's something wrong. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I have learned since my internship and then especially being a social worker in a district, 
um, I have faced, like, it's okay to say that, like, you're not doing well. Mm -hmm. Because, like you've said in the past, like, your watering can analogy, which is absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing, um, I can't help other people before I help my, like, if I'm not doing well myself. And if I'm not in a good place, and I've learned, I've come a long way to say, like, okay, I need this. Mm -hmm. Or, like, literally on Thursday, I was so overwhelmed with so many personal things happening on I literally just broke down. I was like, I am so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And luckily, though, I have therapy literally, I think, this week. So it's great. It's, <laughs> it works out usually very well. Um, but sometimes, like, when I'm very overwhelmed, I just break down. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, that's okay. Yeah. And for me, I had to say in that moment, like, it's okay that I'm not okay. And I need yeah. this moment to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And to not think about solutions. And to not yes. think about mm-hmm. tomorrow. Like, I just need this moment to just let it go. Yeah. And, I mean, that helps. But kids yeah. sometimes will say... You shouldn't cry. I'm like, oh no, cry. Yeah. Please cry. Cry it out. Cry it, out. it is literally the healthiest yep. form for me. I yep. will cry sometimes yep. about some things and it, it, it does strangely help. Because Don't bottle like, it in. Oh, yeah. Don't do it. Oh no, I'm I'm the worst at holding things in. Mm-hmm. I have an I have an allergy for that. Do you want to hear it? Yes, of absolutely. Course. So I know, please. <laughs> so when I was a therapist, I used to talk, you know, I would be talking with my kiddos and we would be say a lot of them would hold things in, right? They didn't want to talk about it. They wanted to hold all that mm-hmm. in. I'm like, yo, that's not healthy, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, have you had soda before or pop, whatever you call it? And they'd be like, yeah. I'm like, have you ever shaken a pop bottle before? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. I'm like, well, what happens if you open mm-hmm. that pop bottle after you have mm-hmm. shaken, shooken, whatever it is? <laughs> and... <laughs> They're like, it explodes. I'm like, exactly. So that's what happens to your emotions mm-hmm. and all the crap that you hold in. Yep. It's literally, if you keep shoving, 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 or in this case, shaking a, a soda bottle, eventually it's going to explode mm-hmm. and it's going to be sticky, messy, and nasty. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. what's going to happen if mm-hmm. you continue to hold in your emotions or, you know, whatever else you got mm-hmm. going on. So it is so important to let things out. Yes. Like, never I hold agree. things in. Let it out. Yeah. Whether if it's screaming into a pillow, mm-hmm. you know, healthy things like crying or, you know, working out sometimes is a great way to release yes. that. Um, sometimes, for myself, my I call it my anxiety energy. <laughs> I like you know what I mean? Because yeah. when, when you're anxious, your heart races, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of get like, like you get like hyped mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And so sometimes I, even though I hate running, I would run. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, I could run for forever. And then as soon as my anxiety is good, I'm like, oh my God, no, I can't run forever. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah. it's, it, that's where my analogy comes from because it's literally like a pop bottle, mm-hmm. right? The more you continue to shove, 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 shove things down and ignore things, mm-hmm. It's going to explode. Yeah. Again, a lot of people say, oh, well, if I just ignore it, it's it's not there anymore. It's like that little kid you play hide and seek with mm-hmm. where, like, you still see their feet underneath, like, the little curtain. Just because you can't see me doesn't mean I can't see you. Right. That's, like, your mental health. That's literally exactly your mental health. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I think, sometimes a lot of, like, people's mentality of, oh, if I just ignore it. Yeah. Didn't happen. Right. <laughs> mm, sweetheart. Yes, it did. Yeah. <laughs> And it impacts us so much when we just ignore it. Yes. Like, it, it oh, does yeah. so much more damage when we just leave it inside it and we ignore alive. it. It does. Physically, and, it can. Yeah. Yep. And I think, again, burnout, I think that yeah. that's one of the 
biggest like things is like when you don't let things out when you don't talk to somebody or you don't honor that those feelings that you're feeling like Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good analogy you're really good at those i've got a couple other ones up my sleeve but i'll save those for later perfect (laughs) what about you do you have a story of i do um so a little background um I, when I was getting my master's, I was working full-time as a care manager. I was in a long-distance relationship, and maybe four months into our relationship, he moved back down to um, where he was from, and he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Mm. So when I was in my master's full-time, working full-time, then on top of visiting him all the time with his treatment, his surgery, mm-hmm. I was taking off work when I didn't have time off, so mm-hmm. I wasn't getting paid. You know, that whole nine yards, I think that really impacted me, but I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And then after my master's, I went straight into being a primary therapist um, at a program where we work with extremely suicidal um, depressed, anxious, the whole nine yards, um, adolescents. Mm-hmm. And that like words cannot even describe how intense being Mm -hmm. a primary therapist is at that program Mm -hmm. um just because you're working with suicidal children every single day Mm -hmm. right and like I there's yes there was a team of us but then they we had to make the call to see if they were safe enough to go home Mm -hmm. and like sometimes I would go home and just I would literally not sleep because I'm like did I make that right decision yeah did I you know, did I do enough? Did I safety plan enough? Did I create a plan that's so detailed? Is the family secure? Like, mm-hmm. and that and that a lot that really ate me alive a lot. And like, obviously, we're getting some pretty sick kids at mm-hmm. this program. Like, it's like the last resort. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really really tough. And we didn't get a ton of like supervision. And like, it, it was a very toxic um, environment. I will say my colleagues, my other primary therapists, my nurses, my NPs that I worked with are all amazing. Mm-hmm. Like if honestly, if it wasn't for them, I would have left very, very quickly <laughs> after I had yeah. started there because they, we really got each other through mm-hmm. some really tough times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, and I burnt out. So I actually interned there and then I started working there after I interned. So I was there for a year for my internship and then I worked there full time for two years. And I remember it was just, I was just getting buried, Mm -hmm. just buried, buried, buried. They were pushing us. It was all about billing. It wasn't about patient care anymore. And that really bothered me. I'm like, yo, it's becoming. And I remember having a conversation as staff and I'm not one to shut my mouth about things. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I said, it's becoming unsafe, not only for the patients, but for staff. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't even have time to really make sure I'm doing my job properly. And I'm working with suicidal children. I mean, like some of these kids I've worked with, one needed to have plastic surgery because of how badly they self-injured. Mm-hmm. Like these kids have tried hanging themselves, overdosing, like you freaking name it. I have heard it. I have seen it. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, this is becoming so unsafe. Mm-hmm. For, for everyone. Yeah. And we just weren't heard. And I think that's that was the hard part. And I think that's why so many people burn out out of that program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just... I, I remember saying to my supervisor, saying it feels like can, I can barely keep my head above the water right now. Like mm-hmm. I'm barely treading. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't heard. And mm-hmm. I think that's why a, 
it was a, it was really hard because I wasn't being heard. I wasn't being supported in the way that I needed to by admin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember I went on a family vacation. We, I had, I think, like, 10 days off. We went on a cruise. It was amazing. And I was flying back home on Sunday, and I remember sobbing mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> at the airport, <laughs> realizing, oh, my God, I have to go back to work. And yeah. it wasn't like a, oh, I'm sad because I'm done with my vacation. No, it's like I'm like, oh, fun. Like you're shared. Like, yeah. I have to go back. And, like, mm-hmm. I remember, I'm not even kidding you, there were plenty of days that I would just cry because I, I did not want to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And it hurt because I love doing therapy. I love working mm-hmm. and doing all that. I, I love all my colleagues at that point in time. And it was just, I, I honestly, words could not even describe it. I kind of like how you guys were t- like talking about, I was sleeping an insane amount. Mm-hmm. Like my depression got so mm-hmm. bad. My anxiety got so bad. I gained some weight. And I, I, it just, it almost like just expedited all of like my other, like my depression, my anxiety, and just kind of like increased mm-hmm. those symptoms that I work very hard to try and fight against. Mm-hmm. And it almost felt like impossible. Mm-hmm. Like for sometimes on weekends, like I literally would just sleep the whole time, the oh, whole yeah. entire time. Like I wouldn't, like I would have literally no energy to sometimes even like clean my apartment mm-hmm. yeah and I'm like I would physically have to be like no Rebecca like you have to do it. it's like it's almost like a battle mm-hmm. with I think with burnout because yeah. you're like you know like especially when it starts getting bad you're like this really isn't healthy <laughs> but then at the same time you're like but do I really want to get out of bed mm, no I don't yeah <laughs> you yeah. know so I think it's that that constant battle I think with burnout um is that like sometimes it's even hard to recognize it Right. Um, and then I started realizing because then the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and it got so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to do therapy over Zoom with suicidal children is beyond stressful. Mm-hmm. And everything being closed down, it was really, really hard. Um, and then I ended up um, deciding for my own mental health and for my own self burnout was that like I tried everything I could when I was at that position as a, as a therapist, you know, I've talked to admin, I would try and seek out, you know, supervision, I was in therapy, mm-hmm. I try to get back into exercising, like, you know, I did all the steps, and sadly, things couldn't be changed in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to leave. And my mental health has gotten so much better since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, burn. I mean, again, burnout can look differently mm-hmm. for anyone. So for some people, they may not cry when they're burnt out. Maybe they just <laughs> sleep a lot. Yeah. But me personally, I cried a lot, and I'm not gonna lie, I did drink a smidge bit more than I normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't anymore. <laughs> but I think a lot of people do sometimes turn to alcohol. Yeah. To kind of like relax a little bit, and there's nothing wrong to have like a no. glass of wine, but it's. It's when you kind of start recognize like okay, this the why behind the, yes yeah. and you know and start yeah. kind of recognizing that, yeah. Um, but yeah so I mean burnout can definitely look different mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in everyone and it can also happen mm-hmm. faster or maybe it may take a little bit longer mm-hmm. than others and um, I think the other piece is that burnout can look differently for yourself mm-hmm. in different yeah. stages yep. right so. When you guys were talking about, you know, having to cry it out, I remember in the 
beginning stages, probably the first year and a half of the position I was in, I did not cry. I was like almost detached from my own emotions mm-hmm. other than anxiety because I needed to get everything done. And I, you know, mm-hmm. so then in the later portions of that position, burnout for me looked like coming home and having a panic attack mm-hmm. and then, you know, crying before I went to bed and then waking up with those physical manifestations of anxiety Mm -hmm. for me it's like the numbness in my arms and my feet Mm -hmm. and while Rebecca was talking actually I started to feel that in my fingers because it was like it brought me back to yeah my previous position so I um I think it's important for people to understand that it can look differently for yourself in different times Mm -hmm. um because it's not a a linear process it's not the same symptoms for a set period of time, it's just, it's, it's a really difficult thing to go through mm-hmm. and to recognize within yourself and to even admit. So I think probably by year two, I was aware of what was going on, mm-hmm. but I wasn't going to admit that yeah. I was struggling with it because the rest of the people that I worked with who, like you said, it, it almost feels like people working in clinics and high pressure situations of caregiving, you get almost trauma bonded with your staff, right? Yes. And so I still talk to, we have a big group text of all of the people that I worked with in that clinic because we went through so much together and we were our only supports, Mm -hmm. but we can only support each other so much, so much. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so being able to have those people that can highlight burnout for you Mm -hmm. so that you Mm -hmm. can start to see it within yourself and then give you the tools and kind of push those tools of this is what we can be doing. And even going as far as like implementing certain burnout strategies yeah. yes. within your day to day can be a huge support for people. And yeah. I was just going to say, um, one part of the article that I sent you guys about the burnout was like knowing your people. Like mm-hmm. I have a list of people that I go through when I'm having a tough day. Yep. And when I need to bounce ideas of like, this is what I'm feeling, like, what does that look like and what can I do? And having that neutral person to really bounce ideas off of is very, mm-hmm. very helpful. Yeah. Um, and I do it with some of my other friends too. Like they're, they'll say, I have this, 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 and this. I'm like, all right, let's like slow down, mm-hmm. prioritize, break it down. Let's focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Because I've even learned too, I'll, I still do that. Like I will get a list of things, like my weekly to-do list. I'm like, I have so much to get done. Yep. But being able to just stop and say, what do I need to prioritize? What can wait? Like what's urgent yet not important or what's important and urgent that I need to get done right away has been one of the biggest tools that I've taught myself of like, it's okay to wait until next week to get to something. Yeah. Like it, you need to give yourself that permission Mm -hmm. and that okay. And I think that's been a savior to burnout. Um, and also just having, like, your people and knowing, like, who you yeah. can go to to talk to things about and, like, mm-hmm. what you're feeling and how you can get through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and having those people, meaning that those people also can gently, sh- like, let you know and reflect back to you, like, this mm-hmm. is what I'm seeing. Yeah. I'm worried about you kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not just that person that you can vent to and then yeah. leave. Yes. Those people are important. Dumping yes. is important. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. But you also need those people that are comfortable enough to say... 
this is what I'm seeing with you. Yeah. And like, how can we help? Yeah, I yeah, love you and I do. care about yes. you. So this is why I'm saying it, right? Yeah. Like I'm yeah. not saying it to be a bitch. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm saying it because I care a lot about you yes. and I yes. want you to take care of yourself and do what's best for yes. you type of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I showed Julia this. I didn't show you this though. Um, I was on Instagram <laughs> and I was just, you know, floating through all the videos or whatever. And I saw a lot of women post this about, like, this is how they feel sometimes about being a mom. Mm -hmm. And it, like, the more that I was listening to it, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is burnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I'll read you some. I'm not going to sing it. But. Oh, (laughs) you're not? uh, No. Why not? I mean, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure if one of our coworkers were here, he would definitely sing it. Probably. For sure. Um, But so it's called Numb Little Bug. Oh, yes, I love that. And it's called. And it's by M. Behold, I think. Sorry if I, you know, mess up your name. Um, so this is part of the lyrics, and it says, and I just want to see if you feel the same as me. Do you ever get a little bit tired of life? Like you're not really happy, but you don't want to die. Like you're hanging by a thread, but you got to survive because you got to survive. Like your body's in the room, but you're not really there. Like you have empathy inside, but you don't really care. Like you're fresh out of love, but it's been in the air. Am I past repair? Um, a little bit tired of trying to care when I don't. A little bit tired of quick repairs to cope. A little bit tired of sinking. There's water in my boat. I'm barely breathing. Try and stay afloat. So I got these quick repairs to cope. Guess I'm just broken and broke. Um, and obviously it goes on and stuff. But it kind of reminded me of like burnout, right? Because we yeah. have that empathy, but it's almost like it's gone. Right? Yeah. Like, we, we have, like, we, we want to be here, but at the same time, it's almost like we don't because we're just so, just we're exhausted. Yeah, like, you're mentally and well, you're physically exhausted. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, but, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I think about, too, like, some of our kids are burned out, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think with the pandemic, it's highlighted so much burnout like Mm -hmm. working from home as a social worker i mean you just started chelsea like with three weeks before three weeks before and then we shut down um but even like working from home was really tough yeah Mm -hmm. um you learned a lot about yourself when you were really only stuck with the people that you're living with or by yourself or by yourself Mm -hmm. and it's like that highlighted, I think, to society that human connection and belonging is like it's so cute. is like, so and yes. so much higher on the list than we yeah. ever put it. Yes. And like I remember, I went, I studied abroad in Oxford, England, um, when I was in college, and Ooh, it was the amazing. best experience of my life. Like yeah. absolutely, we were only there for six weeks. My best friend and I applied for the program. We both got in. It was unreal. Mm-hmm. But the culture over there is so different than over here in the United mm-hmm. States. Over in England, I remember it's very low key. Like, you take your time. I remember when I was going to school, we had classes, and we had set tea times. There were two times out of the day that you stopped what you were doing, and you go to the cafeteria, and you have tea and biscuits. Tea like, That's just it, was, it was amazing. And I was like, why don't we do this? Like, why don't we allow ourselves to have a break in our day? Well, it's like in Spain. Like, when I went, I went, yeah. to, I went mm-hmm. to Spain and Portugal my senior year for spring break, and over there, their biggest meal is lunch and everyone takes over an hour right yeah to have their lunch and like yes and like even like people um i've met from like my travels and stuff um a lot of them that i know are 
are that they live in Holland, mm-hmm. and their mind was blown when I said that I had to earn my PTO. I had to earn my vacation time. They're like, wait a minute, so you don't get four weeks automatically? I was like, <coughs> what? <laughs> like, wow, it's, like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, it like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just they're like. It's a different, yes, it's a it's different, different brand. Different brand, yes. <laughs> different yeah. brand over Seriously, there. Seriously, though. But the, I remember coming back from England, and I was thrown right back into it. I was like, like going 100 miles a minute. I was like, wow, I really want to go back. Because it was so low-key. They took mm-hmm. their time. Nothing was rushed. The people were very nice. Like, it was very, very, very calm. And I think it goes back to, like, the amount of pressure that our society, I think mm-hmm. more so in the United States, puts on ourselves. Like, yep. we yep. are such a busy society that we mm-hmm. do not stop. Mm-hmm. And then it, things, unfortunately, like burnout happen. Yeah. Um, but I think instead of continuing to talk about what it's always going to look like, um, it only says we have 60 minutes for the for a minimum time slot. Wait, for the whole podcast? No, no, no. For the one oh. segment. <laughs> I was like, Sorry, I just saw it said Aflac. So I was like, what is that? Um, but I wonder, like, what can we talk about that, like, tools, like, Mm-hmm. what are some things that we can do like if you're feeling like that like feel free to come to like i'll put myself out there like feel free to come and talk to me like if you say oh, yeah. anything yep. like anytime Absolutely. definitely like lean on um your people like one of my notes that i wrote down for this was like know who your people are and mm-hmm. i know who i talked about this but the, those are like my saving graces like i mm-hmm. work through things with them i have yep. like if i have a tough case i'm like what do i i'll go to you too yep. like <laughs> what do you think about this and you know i think the collaboration collaboration piece is huge and mm-hmm. I don't think we honor that enough yep. mm-hmm. so mine would be like knowing your people and who you can go to in the moment and that are not afraid to say I care about you this is what I notice and mm-hmm. how can we get through this together mm-hmm. not just oh that that sucks mm-hmm. like yep. you should do something about that yeah. mm-hmm. definitely don't say oh you look tired <laughs> oh gosh no <laughs> that's, that's really not good no, no. don't say that no <laughs> say it in a nicer way yeah yeah for sure um, um, for me, I think the biggest piece is mindfulness. So I know mm. this word gets thrown on all the time and a lot of people that don't understand mindfulness think it's just like ridiculous because you breathe all the time anyway. And like, why do I need to <laughs> be aware of what's happening? I can just look around, you know, but truly it is, it is so important. And so one of the, the large portions of my job right now is crisis intervention. Mm-hmm. And there were times that I was going from one right to the next, right to the next, right to the next. And I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. Yeah. And I was just constantly in this state of putting out a fire, right? Mm-hmm. So the the thing that I know is helpful for me is taking those 30 seconds to just do like a breathing ex- mm-hmm. exercise or a mindfulness exercise. So I have put into my schedule alarms on my computer at mm-hmm. 9 o'clock, 11 mm-hmm. o'clock, 1 o'clock, and 3 o'clock. Nice. That when those alarms go off, if I'm in my room, I will take that time and I have a three-minute mindfulness visualization Ooh, um, video on YouTube that is in my bookmarks uh-huh. tab or bar, and I turn that on and I do it. And if I am going from one crisis right to the next, I have at least the walk from the one room to the next room, right? Yeah. And so what I originally used to do was just do some deep breathing, but I didn't feel like that was enough because my mind was still like Turning. racing right? yeah. about like prepping for the next crisis. So in working with my therapist, we identified this idea of like grounding myself and really focusing Mm -hmm. specifically on my heel and my toe hitting the floor 
at while I'm breathing as I walk. Not run, not speed walk, but walk to mm-hmm. the next crisis. Mm-hmm. Because there is no situation that I'm moving to that I have to sprint to mm-hmm. in a typical day, right? Right. And so that those two pieces, the alarm and the like mindful grounding between crisis calls mm-hmm. have been game changers for me. Mm-hmm. And those are pretty simple things that I've just thrown into my mm-hmm. routine that have been super beneficial. So, I like that. I like yeah. that. It reminds me, so sometimes I would do, like, I, I'm a hunter, if you don't know what, if you don't know what I mean, like I hunch over with my shoulders. I thought mm-hmm. you said hunter. I said, really? You hunt? <laughs> I was no. Like, wow, I didn't know no. that. I, I hunch. Hunch. Like got I it. carry a lot of yeah. my stress I got it in now. my shoulders. <laughs> That's not, I'm not a hunter. No. Got it. Um, poor Bambi. But like, I, <laughs> so I, I, I tend to like hunch over and like, I, especially when I'm stressed, I recognize that my shoulders get closer and closer to my ears, mm-hmm. which is not where they're supposed to be. Yeah. So I do this thing, it's called progressive muscle relaxation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So essentially it's where you like clench a certain part of your body or a certain type of muscle and then you release it. Mm-hmm. And then you clench it again mm-hmm. and then you release it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if I have time, I'll go through my whole entire body. Yeah. Like I love like rolling my shoulders and then oh, it mm-hmm. just feels, even that, just like having that physical part of it mm-hmm. is awesome. My mind may still be going elsewhere, right. but sometimes just having that physical part mm-hmm. can actually really help. Yeah. Like, um, I do like the grounding, like the grounding, the progressive muscle relaxation. Um, I sometimes teach kids like the grounding, like the five things, the five senses. The five senses. Yes. That yes. is my favorite. I, love that. I use that too when I'm super overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, think of something that you could hear name like all five or see five things. Like, and then I go through that whole thing and it's very, very helpful because yep. mm-hmm. when your anxiety is running and you are overwhelmed, yep. sometimes it's hard to just stop. Mm-hmm. and go through and like calm yourself down but like the grounding the mindfulness everything is amazing and those help me mm-hmm. so much on a day-to-day basis yeah so mm-hmm. yeah I know at home because obviously sometimes it's hard to do that stuff a lot yeah, at work yeah. yep so honestly at home I'm a big music person mm-hmm. like music is my life honestly music is my savior I always have it on it's something I can always relate to and I got a record player, and I love just putting on, like, Jack Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll throw in a little bit of Queen. Yes, I love Queen. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. like, just, like, music that I can just, like, it just feeds my soul, like, mm-hmm. Alabama Shakes is also another one that just Ooh, feeds yes. my soul, mm-hmm. and I will just sit at my kitchen table with a, a glass of tea, and I will color. Ooh. That's like honestly my favorite thing to do. Love I love listening to music and just having it kind of quiet, but just like it just feeds my soul mm-hmm. and I love coloring. It's just to me that is so like soothing. Yes. Just like yeah. whether if it's like literally Disney characters, I don't care. Like yeah. I picked like a up like um an adult like mandala oh, type yes. of book. Yeah. Because so I love mandalas. Mm-hmm. Um so that I picked up and I love that like that's literally my favorite thing, either that mm-hmm. or like I'll journal. Yep. Or um, I've also been very big into poetry. Ooh. So I love poetry. So um, here's another book for you. Um, I'm ready. Ruby Kuar. I don't know if I'm oh, pronouncing yes. her name right. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. But I love all of her poetry books because yeah. I literally, like, I'm like, how do you know that's in my mind? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. so I've been trying to find things that feed my soul mm-hmm. because a lot of things take my soul. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I think that's part of, like, that burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to find things that 
that feed my soul that I can do by myself mm-hmm. yeah. instead of always being with people. Yeah. yeah. I would say I preserve wedding flowers um, mm-hmm. on the I side. So yeah, I have a couple in here that I'm still working on. Um, but, I mean, it's an hour process that I do. I try. I can only do once a day. Like, I can't come in and keep pouring layers of resin. I can only do it one time a day. But it takes an hour. And I throw music mm-hmm. on. I put my respirator mask on. And I just go in and I create things with wedding flowers. And it's it was really scary at first because, like, this is a lot of pressure for someone's <laughs> wedding flowers. Um, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And when a bride says, like, can you please do this for me? I'm like, absolutely. I would love to. I'm honored. And it comes out beautiful. Like, I love it. It's creating something with my own brain that I never thought I was able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that I do. Like, any sort of, like, craft, like, coloring I really like. I like mm-hmm. learning new things. Like, there was a time, I think during the pandemic, actually, I learned how to um, make blankets with loop yarn. If you have you heard of that before? It's no. basically yarn that's already pre-looped, and you just feed the loops through each other. I made uh, so many blankets. My blanket. Well, <laughs> listen, I didn't know you at the time, so I made like a baby blanket. I made my friends' blankets. Like, I'm pretty sure one of my coworkers, Stefan, is still waiting for his blanket. So sorry, but um, it was definitely like anything that I can create with my hands, like mm-hmm. busy work. Cleaning is another thing I love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love any oh, I love cleaning. I it cleaned all day today. Day. Love it every Sunday. I clean my whole house. It's my yeah. routine. But anything with my hands really help me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like those are things that I'm like, okay, this is my thing. Yeah, I've noticed that for me recently. Um, so I got a rabbit three weeks into the pandemic because I was living alone and I rented an apartment and I couldn't have other pets. Mm-hmm. They said I could have caged animals. So I um, adopted my little love muffin, lovey, and um, she is, I don't know if any of you have experience with rabbits, but they're like just these quiet little Mm. hopping around creatures and they're just so loving. And um, so she has her own room in my house. And so what I do is when I get super stressed, I'll just go like lay on the floor with her and just, she's going to just like run around and it's super funny and just you can get lost in the quiet of just being with her. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's super therapeutic. And then I also have three cats and I, um, like to brag that I have like three cuddly, cuddliest cats in the world. (laughs) Um, and so they will just come just lay on me and they're like my own personal weighted blanket. And they, it's just that. I should bring Remy over. Oh yes, please. Remolito. Yeah. I've got two cats that are, so those are, those are two things that have been super helpful, Mm -hmm. um, this year. Yeah. yeah, animals are the best. Mm-hmm. I really want to really like do um, a therapy dog in my future <gasps> so badly because there's so many benefits to it. Like, yes. there are some students that I've talked to as well. They're like, I'm like, what do you do like when you get home? Oh, I hang out with my dog. Yeah, I hug yeah, my me dog. too. Yeah, I hug my dog. Like, mm-hmm. I love my dogs. They sleep with me every night, yep. which really stinks when you have like an 80 pound dog in your bed. It's fine, <laughs> but they're literally the the best because yep. they have no idea what you're going through mm-hmm. and yeah. they're kind of like just that thing yeah. that you just can loves just you. that loves you forever. no matter what yep. so <laughs> i exercise too yes you do yeah you are i yeah. i started getting back into it because i coach field hockey in the fall and i drop on of it and then i'm finally just getting back into it and that really helps my mental health to be honest mm-hmm. i can see and feel the difference because yep. when i physically don't feel well mm-hmm. i mentally start not feeling yeah. well yep. Um, I also did boxing. Oh, for boxing's a, while. a good one. Um, check out Stephen Castro. He owns um, you got it. Be Relentless. Nice. <laughs> 
So uh, that? check out that. He just opened up um, Sugar um, University. It's like near university. Oh, okay. Of, um, Got it. Cool. Arts and Arts, right? Sure. Arts and Arts. Sure. Thing. I don't know. I don't know. That's where it's near, I think. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Boxing's a good one. But yeah, so that was actually great because I loved punching things, but it was in a productive way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And you know what I mean? So it like really got out my energy and it really got out like all the, if I felt so frustrated, just like putting into a healthy form mm-hmm. of like physicalness. I don't even know how else. Physicalness. Yeah. Physicalness. No, I love this. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I like it. That helped. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, exercise is also a great, even if it's just walking. I'll, yeah. I'll walk for yeah. like literally miles and I'll put in my earphones. Oh, literally just being Zone in nature. Everything. Yep. That the to me, that's mm-hmm. the best, mm-hmm. best thing. If I could walk around barefoot without stepping on something, I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I don't trust. Yeah. yeah. Traveling. Like, my husband really likes to just get in the car and drive. Yeah. I'm not that person so, because I'm, I need to have, like, where are we okay. going and what are we doing? I'm very, like, a planner. But he can get in the car and drive for hours. With music? With music. Oh, he yes. is So we're actually going to the Outer Banks this summer with our family. Oh, and nice. I and I'm really excited, but I have never been in a car for 12 hours before. Oh. Um, so I'm a little nervous, but he's going to love it because he can just drive for hours and yep. have play music and have the windows down because it'll be you in the middle of summer. Because you've got nothing No, else. thank you. Did I don't want to get car sick. <laughs> I do not want to get car sick. Maybe I'll listen to an audiobook. I don't know. That's a good. We'll see. But traveling, if you have the ability, even like a weekend getaway. Like this weekend, Mm -hmm. we went to Buffalo for the Sabres game for just a night, and it was the best time. Like it felt like we were on a little mini vacation. It was amazing. So. Or even if you can get to like a park in your area. That's one of the things that um, I have two friends, um, and we call ourselves uh, Clothed and Crisp. Oh. And we go to different parks around and do some, like, just a couple of hours of hiking, and um, it's super relaxing and fun, and you're just in nature, and mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. doesn't take up the whole day, but you just get that um, filling back up that you really need. Yeah. yeah. So. Nice. I like laying on the ground. <laughs> it's true. It's very grounding. Ha, ha, ha. Yep. But it's true. Though. I just picture you just like starfishing on the ground. Holding my feeling. <laughs> holding my crystals. Yeah, just feeling the earth and like soaking it in. Yeah. And you're like, the There's nothing better so than like the sun on your face. Like, oh, yeah. The wind and like the fresh air. Oh, that's See, me. in the summertime, I love tanning. Because the warmth, yes, I it just I soak it up and I just sit perfect. I sit outside. My husband hates it because he's very very pale. Yeah, I'm too much so. of a ghost. I'll be inside with. So is my best yeah, that's friend. fine. That's fine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so fun. Should I pause? Should yeah, that's good. Yeah. Wow. So now that we've talked about burnout, what it looks like, our own personal stories and some tools, we want to get into kind of like some ideas that we can give you all to walk away with. Um, so I'll hand it off to Chelsea and Rebecca because they had a couple of things that were pretty cool. So I have a resource that I'm going to attach. Um, it's called uh, Managing Burnout for lead as a Leader. And so these are things that you can advocate for in your positions um, with supervisors, administration, whatnot. But there are also things that you can implement. Um, some of them are, you know, utilizing the EAP. Um, yes. That... Mm-hmm hopefully you have at your facility and if you don't advocating for that within your agencies um eap is employee assistance program and it's basically um a short-term 
it depends on how many sessions based on the contract, blah, blah, blah. But it's some therapy that you can access through your employer that is free of charge to you to help you manage and process whatever you're dealing with. And burnout is a prime example of one of the concerns that you can utilize because um, it's sometimes it's as few as like three sessions that are free and available to you. And so being able to just process that out is super helpful. Um, that's actually initially why I, when I, how I started therapy this next most recent round. Um, and it's been super helpful. The other piece is um, being aware of your local resources mm-hmm. that you can utilize. Um, and typically uh, psychologytoday.com has access mm-hmm. to current and um, available therapists in your area. You just type in the zip code, super helpful. Um, and then, you know, creating your own sort of self-care plan. Uh, you can hang it up in your office if you feel comfortable. If not, it could be something you have on your phone or just something that like you keep in the back of your mind. Um, for example, I have a self-care plan that talks about deep breathing and um, mindfulness. Because as I talked about before, those are the two big pieces for me. So I know that when I'm struggling, if I can have those people that know me and that I go to, they can say like, okay, let's take a step back mm-hmm. and do some deep breathing. Um, and then we can kind of move forward. So those are just a couple of examples. So I will attach this to the episode somehow. We'll figure that out. <laughs> and you, there's some um, additional articles in the bottom of the resource that you can look at too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have an awesome intern. Her name is Woo! Her name is Nelly. We Shout love out interns. to Nelly. Woohoo! And she actually sent me this. She actually created this for um with her being in school and it's a wellness calendar and it says you owe yourself the love that you freely give others, which I love. Oh, I love um and that. it's a twenty days of self care and she just kinda gives you just kinda simple but effective different examples of what you can do for self-care like one is go for a 10 minute walk the other one is write a letter to a loved one um another one is um stay hydrated um reflect on progress celebrate success positive words of affirmation god mm. i yes, love positive quotes are my jam yes. or lyrics that's positive Pinterest is the best place yes it is um so we'll also be linking um, that as well. And I know Julia wrote some notes as well. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, I would like to say, so the part of the district that we have is the staff recognition system that we have been so fortunate to have a coworker create. Mm-hmm. That was a really long sentence that I just made. <laughs> um, but I read an article that says recognition is part of the sense of belonging and it's like part of human nature. So... I would challenge you to send a shout out or send an email or a thank you note to somebody um, to say why you're thankful for them or to just say, hey, you're doing, you're still doing a great job. Like keep up the good work because sometimes when we're in that burnout phase, we don't always think we're doing the good, the yeah. good work. Yep. Um, and you are. It's so like just know that you are doing the good work and you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, and also normalize talking about these feelings. So like having that, I'll go back to having your person and normalize and listen. And sometimes you just need somebody to listen and not always mm-hmm. throw solutions out mm-hmm. at you. Yep. Um, so we'll attach all these resources to the podcast. Hopefully we can figure that out. Um, (laughs) if not, we will certainly figure it out later. Um, but thank you for joining us. The next episode we are going to talk about is going to be the foundations of mental health. So Mm -hmm. before we get into the nitty gritty, 
anxiety, depression, trauma, impacts, all of that stuff. Uh, we really want to give a solid foundation of what mental health is um, and kind of just go from there. So thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>